In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most common challenges to your sexiness, and that is pulling on leads. Now, let's be honest. <laughs> this is one of the biggest sexy challenges, yeah. right? Now, when we say that, we say it obviously jesting. At the same time, there's a level of seriousness here because mm. a lot of owners, that is exactly what they come to us yeah. for. It's become a pain point. It's become maybe actually physically mm. painful, like their dog. Um, I'm just thinking of an, of an example here. One of the dogs that comes here right now, he's actually dislocated his own shoulder. So yeah. we're not talking like a little bit of a, of a pullover. We're talking yeah. he's dislocated a shoulder. Um, of his of his owner uh, and then also actually it kind of wrecks and strains that relationship so yeah. maybe i don't know this is a family dog who no longer can children be involved in walking the dog mm. or maybe uh, this is actually your um retirement plan and and actually this is hurting or maybe this is just you're walking in the morning and this is no longer a ple- pleasurable experience yeah right it, the, you know the challenge is is that we all get a dream we all get a dream. We all get a dog with a dream in mind. And um, and this dream, you know, in part is going to involve your dog going on walks with you. And, you know, unless you live in a, a very r- rural, remote area and your dog's very, very, very reliable off lead, there's going to be a large proportion of that walk where you're going to be on lead. And even if it's just like five minutes on lead, let's face it, being pulled for five minutes is no fun whatsoever. So what we want to talk about in this episode is actually the really kind of three big drivers of that pulling on lead behavior and how we can flip those on on their heads, change them around, think, you know, 5% problem, 95% solution. What can we do about it to get to where we want to be? Because often the reason these happen in the first place is there's a deficit, right, Tom? Like there is a deficit and that something is lacking, something is missing, something isn't being topped up, something isn't being added to that relationship that is needed to be. So I think that's where we should start. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, we're going to mention quite a few different games and all of the games that we mention, the the best place to kind of find them and to see them and to learn about them would be that 25-day Sexier Than a Squirrel challenge that's online. You can access it from wherever you are in the world. It's a video a day, a video of a game. You watch the video, you play the game, you unlock the real. It really is a worldwide challenge in the sense that we have people on there from Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Bermuda. Um, Literally, there are people all over the world world. on the Sexier Than a Squirrel 25-day challenge. Now, the way that you can find out more about that, but don't do it right now because you're listening to this podcast, is by going to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. And there's an over 70% discount on that challenge right now for those of you that want to get involved. And so the first kind of driving 
force of that pulling on lead behavior is when there is a, a lack of value for a concept that we think is vitally important for just general stress-free walks, and that is proximity. Now, proximity, we used to say proximity is power. Actually, proximity is potential power in your dog, well, dog training relationship. And yeah. so when we say proximity, what do we mean? So for me, proximity is everything that is off-leash and on-lead focused, like yeah. whether I've got my dog um, with me um, on a leash or whether I've got them off-leash proximity really changes the dynamic of that relationship and yeah. makes recall, makes lead walking, makes being with my dog on that experience a pleasure, right? Yeah. Now, proximity, really, what do we mean? Let's put it in its very basic, simple terms. It's hang out with me. It's want to be close to it's me. See- it's do you want to be in, in a good space with me? Yeah, it's seeing, you know, being close as the high value area. And what a lot of dogs learn is that the high value area is away from you. Let's think about this in like a scattergraph. So let's have like a scattergraph. So I remember being at school and doing the X's. Say we're the stick man in the middle um, or stick woman uh, and we're there and the X's, let's say we throw a chuck it thrower. So we've got one of those chuck it launchers. Where are all the X's? Well, all of the X's are out there. Let's say maybe we go for a walk and our dog meets other dogs. All of the X's are out there. Yep. Let's say we go for a walk and our dog smells that half-eaten hamburger on the pavement. All of the X's are out there. How about turning it on its head and putting all of the X's at our fingertips or at our feet. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess the first thing to say is, you know, let's think about signs that you might have this like proximity deficit. You might have a dog who maybe doesn't value proximity fact, quite let's, let's as much that. as we need. Let's do a little top tips of, or not top yeah. tips, but let's just like fire, fast fire between us. Yeah. What would be the signs, the signs that it's in deficit? Yeah. Go and on. So the first one would be that when you unclip that lead, they go far rather than kind of hanging around. They see kind of being close. They see the lead as effectively this tool that is stopping them from getting to the world. So you unclip that lead and they go, that would be a sign that you need more proximity value. The second one for me would be actually your personally petrified of unclipping the lead. Mm-hmm. So as an owner, it kind of leads on to that that first one or from that first one. As an owner though, you you really don't know what they're going to yeah. do. You feel like they're very unpredictable. You feel like you've got no real relationship and that lead is keeping you together. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you were to un- sort of like, I don't know, put some scissors through it or unclip it, you would be done. Yeah. Like you really don't know what's going on. So it feels very volatile. Yeah. When I have an owner like that in a class or having a lesson or here for a one-to-one, I'm pretty aware straight away that proximity is something in deficit. Next up would be that it's actually quite difficult to convince your dog to come close. So it's almost like you're trying to convince them it's a good idea. So you're almost showing them what you have, like, oh, look, I've got treats. That would be a sign that they're assessing the deal. And right now they think the better deal is away from you rather than with you. And you're trying to convince them that the deal is better with you, but maybe not being that successful. Okay. Another one is definitely that you're considering whether they can even hear you in the first place. Actually, are their ears working? Are they even able to sort of relate to you because even when you tap them on the shoulder or even when you make the rustly noise of the packet of treats that you've just put in your bum bag specially for the occasion your dog cannot acknowledge you whether on leash whether off leash literally you struggle you are battling you are fighting with them to get their attention yeah so guys if you think that with any of those you're like ah yeah you know I've spotted that there's a couple of those that I can relate to and we gave extreme examples obviously there's much more kind of subtle signs as well then proximity is something that we want you to invest in 
in. Now, how would we invest in proximity? Well, I guess the first thing is saying, you know what, there's that pot of daily food allowance that your dog wakes up every day with. It's that pot of value. How about we spend that value around you? So in close proximity to you. So if we go back to that idea of a scattergraph, instead of throwing it far away, what we're instead going to do is maybe just drop it at our feet and just feed them for being close. Now, when you think about the 25-day squirrel challenge, for those of you that are part of it or for those of you that want to be part of it, we start with this day one. Yeah. So this really is our day one. It is ditch the bowl. It's making sure we're using all of our value where we want it, where we need it, which actually is in proximity games with us. And just a very quick story. Only a few weeks ago, I was working with an owner who was really struggling. It was a little spaniel. And this spaniel had no recollection of having any owner she literally was um out on a limb really she was over in that yeah. direction she was over in that direction she was over in that direction she was back in that direction she was anywhere but yeah. where she needed to be right now three weeks later she's played all of the games that she possibly can probably around 25 days 26 mm -hmm. days she's on i think at the moment that dog has so much attention for owner and the largest thing she's done is ditch the bowl yeah. and play the proximity games and we can talk about some proximity mm -hmm. games in a minute what i want to say is i suppose inspire hope that this is doable mm -hmm. and it's doable in quite a short frame of time if yeah. we get the framework right and that's where it's really important yeah absolutely and so some examples of proximity games aside from kind of just that proximity zone type game where we're feeding for being close to us actually middle you know your dog coming into middle whether you know if you've got a big dog then they'll have to lie down when they when they're between your legs or you've got a smaller dog they can stand up and we're feeding them there equally teaching something that we teach in the the sexier than a squirrel challenge is these happy behaviors that are all about being close so for example joyful leg weaves where your dog weaves in and out of your legs when you're stood still. catching in magic hands so yeah. playing magic hand and playing catch boundary games having a dog who loves to be yeah. on a boundary having a dog who wants to be in proximity on a boundary magic hand food in your hand food drops through your fingers lands in their mouth if they can't already catch catch is your prerequisite and catch is focus and catch is proximity yeah. because all of those things go hand in hand right absolutely so that's kind of the first area that you might think might need a top up and we're going to go through three areas but what we, we want to make this very practical so we want you to think you know out of 10 how strong is proximity for you right now so is it maybe a three out of 10 in that you if you were to unclip the lead then they'd go long and go far um or is it a 10 out of 10 in that they're super close they see being close is a great deal and think about it guys if you've got a dog who thinks being close is the best thing ever regardless of whether the lead is attached or not they're staying close and so if you were attach that lead they're not pulling in fact they're doing lovely loose lead walking but it's not taught as a trick as a behavior it's taught from the point of view of teaching them that it's a great deal for being close now the second area that we want to talk about is disengagement and disengagement is all about your dog valuing the things that happen in the world seeing them as exciting seeing them as fun sometimes seeing them as scary you know we're, we're all animals and we all get scared sometimes that's totally fine but then seeing value in coming away from them so the example that we'd give is your dog's walking down the, the street and you know they're pulling that because they're you're listening to this podcast they're pulling on lead um, and they see a dog and they see the dog in the distance and it's hard to know whether they're excited about the dog or worried about the dog or frustrated about the dog who knows what emotions driving that but they are pulling towards that dog and they cannot disengage and you're trying to convince them to disengage you're trying to maybe pull them away but that just seems to make them engage more that would be just one of the signs of a dog that struggles with disengagement and definitely disengagement is one of those ones that i just didn't even think 
I, I suppose I didn't ever realize quite how big it is, mm. like it's quite everything. how major it yeah. is. And it, it's the dog's ability to say, no, that's not my business. Mm. And it's the dog's ability to make the right choice sometimes. And yeah. so whilst, of course, as owners, we need to take responsibility for our dogs, we also want to get to a point where our dog can start taking a bit of responsibility for themselves. Yeah. An example of that, I was walking only the other day. I came around the corner. There was a pony straight on the, on the turn that I came around. And the dog that I was walking went, hey, pony none yeah. of my business I'll keep walking it was just such a lovely moment and it yeah. was one of those moments that you kind of go shocked me keep walking because I wasn't expecting a pony on that corner yeah. and yet your dog's responsibility is to kind of say hey none of my business that's disengagement that, and, and that you know guys when we say that this is possible it's not only kind of possible oh, it's so achievable it's possible for everyone it's and, you so know, achievable to the point where you can really have freedom with your dog and there can be responsibility on your dog in that you know i'm thinking about um bet when she's on a walk we can be walking on the moors and sometimes um you know she'll go around just kind of go around a corner she'll be like a couple of meters ahead of me she'll go around the corner and i'll see her come back and look at me and when she comes back to look at me i know that's because there is something up ahead that she has just actively chosen to disengage from and yet i'm not even in that picture right i'm a couple of meters behind her around the corner and she's like, I disengage, I see value in disengaging. And so really, how do we build disengagement? Well, if we were to think about some of the games that we might play, the games that involve your dog going out to maybe get a piece of food, to then come back in close, to then they get to go out again. So the game that I'm thinking of would be Thunder or Tornado or Typhoon, where you throw a piece of food out, your dog eats the piece of food, they orient to you, they run back towards you, and you throw a piece of food through your legs, so they go through you, and then they get to go out again. It's like, engage out, disengage to me, and that means that you get to engage out again. And orientation games, really, all of the orientation mm, games fit absolutely. very, very nicely. And lots of the sexier than a squirrel games fit very, very nicely here. The other thing I'm thinking that kind of fits within disengagement is that we rehearse the energy of our walks. Yeah. So both Tom and I, we don't go out thinking this is going to be a crazy high arousal walk. No. What we do is we make sure that actually this is the space that we walk in mm -hmm. and this is the energy we accept and that we work with. And if we're not getting this, then actually how we can can um, maybe say, okay, today we're not going on that walk right now. Yeah. And that's sometimes a tough thing to say, right? Like I remember driving all the way to the beach with them, um, with my dogs and they were absolutely going bonkers in the vehicle. So we just drove home and it was really, it was a tough moment to say, we're not doing that right yeah. now. And I think that they were, they were, they were squealing. Wee, wee, wee. They sound like guinea pigs. Um, and so um, they do, they, they, def <laughs> they definitely did. I was like, you know what? That is not the way we're starting the walk because I knew that if we started the walk like that, yeah. That was probably how the rest of the day was going to go and the rest of that week, knowing that actually it might be three, four days until they came back down. So for me, I think there's a level of disengagement and understanding how we're going to rehearse those scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the example that I'm sure a lot of people could relate to would be you walk to the park. Yeah. But, you know, your dog's very excited when they get to the park. And so as soon as you leave the front door, your dog's on lead. They are literally, they know the step they're by step. They're towing you. They're towing. They know the sequence and they're trying to rush the process and so they're pulling at the end of the lead because they can't disengage from the idea of going to the park and so a, a little strategy that just as lauren said with the vehicle there is that you know sometimes we might go for a walk we might he start heading in the direction of the park we turn around we play games on the way home and we go home again and so they don't start to predict and they don't kind of then engage in that sequence and struggle to disengage from it which is causing that pulling on lead behavior so pulling on lead, okay, we know that disengagement is massive. Proximity is, is really big. 
there's also something else that we're missing, yeah. right? And I think that yeah. when we think about um, one of the major sort of areas, concepts that probably all dogs need, that is calmness. And let's also add to that probably a little bit of optimism yeah. and confidence. 100%. Right? Because a lot of dogs, they will pull on the lead because actually they're not that confident. They're not that comfortable. They're, they're very kind of stimulated by the environment, but that stimulation sometimes excitement. It's sometimes fear. It's kind of like a nervous energy, right? Yeah. Like a lot of dogs carry with them a real sort of nervous highly strung energy with them on that experience yeah. and i've definitely had that experience myself with dogs and um, my late dog poppy i would be walking her she would want to tow mm -hmm. and yet you could see there was this nervous energy yeah, about and this her. vigilance and awareness Constant vigilance. of the environment and so then you start to see that if they see something or spot something that they'll be barking barking and lunging at the end of the lead um, and it's it's driven by this underlying pessimism and this general lack of ability to be calm now Think about it, you know, I, like I'm scared of clowns. If if a clown came and sat on my lap, I would struggle to be calm. And so trying what if to they convince brought, What me, if they brought something really nice with no, them? Come on, sorry, Tom. sorry. So the thing is, if they, what we've got to think is it's very difficult to convince our dogs to be calm when actually they, they're spending their time in very, very high arousal because they're worried about the world. And so I guess the, the first tip that we've got for you here is that let's take that pot of value, that daily food allowance and let's notice and be mindful owners and spot all these things that are happening in the environment these are new events not new events to your dog in their entire lifetime but new events in that situation right there and then when they happen let's pair that with some of your, their daily food allowance equally this might start on your drive with you just calmly feeding your dog, spotting the novelty, pairing it with some daily food allowance, and then you might go back into the house. Then one day it might be that you get out to, you know, the sidewalk or the pavement. Maybe you play some conversation starters. Yeah which you can learn about in the Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge. Maybe then you start to, you know, do 10 paces down the road, you know, rewarding calmness, pairing um, novelty and new events with their daily food allowance. And before you know it, you're recreating the walk, but in a much more optimistic and calm way. And I think that's the big thing, right? Like optimism, calmness. When your dog works in those areas, mm. they almost always, uh, they pick appropriately. Yeah. So for me, calmness is one of those um, concepts that we can't ever really grow enough and we can't ever really overdo. It's just one of those ones we, we want to keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. And what we've got to realize, guys, is that it's not, th th these are concepts. These are core elements of your dog's personality that we can reshape through games we can reshape their brain through games and when you're when you're walking a dog on lead with a foundation of great proximity great disengagement and optimism you get loose lead walking it's it like a natural byproduct. Yeah, it doesn't happen by training it in the situation. You know? Which is what most halls do, right? They get the dog on the lead. They feed constantly at your side. Tokyo, my young dog, has never, mm. ever been fed like that. Mm. And yet he has the most lovely natural lead work. Yeah. It's not like this like overarched neck looking at me in a heel work position. Mm. It's very much like a loose lead. You've got the sort of nice yeah. U-shape on it's the lead. It's natural, right? It's natural. And it it's, feels good. It's driven by their brain being correctly shaped for the situations they find themselves in. So guys, you know, there's a lot that we've covered there. And what we want you to think about is those three core concepts, proximity, disengagement, optimism, and calmness, grade each one out of 10. I don't imagine that all of them are 10 out of 10. And neither do we imagine that all of them are zero or yeah. one, right? Like we imagine that you're somewhere between zero you, and 10. You, 
Exactly. And what we what we can then do is identify where we need to grow, right? Um, and the thing is, what you might find is that one is especially low compared to the others. And that's probably where we need to be putting our time. That's probably going to be the 20% of energy input that's going to get 80% of the results. And so being really targeted in your training, saying, I'm not going to train in the situation. I'm going to train for it. I'm going to play games that reshape the brain to change my outcome. That's how you get real life results. That's what we're arming you with. And really, all that's left to do is for you to take action on it. Now, we know that this is a huge struggle for so many people. Please, 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 please share this podcast. Mm -hmm. Make sure other people get to know about it. Make sure everybody gets to know there is a lead walking stop pulling session here because I think it's one of those ones that could have a real ripple effect in the dog training world. Definitely. It's like a relationship game changer. And guys, if you're thinking that you'd love a step-by-step where we show you the games, we, you know, you can watch the video, play the game, get the real life result over the course of 25 days. And you're going to say, I'm going to commit the next 25 days to, um, to this struggle and to transforming my walks and just my general relationship with my dog. The worldwide 25 day sexier than a squirrel challenge is for you. You can find out about it by going to absolute dogs.me forward slash sexy there's an over 70 percent discount on there it right now literally many thousands and thousands of people have gone yeah, through this challenge with a me- really it's gone insane yeah. like literally it, the results they speak for themselves mm-hmm. the people are loving it the dogs are loving it and we know that they're achieving their dream yeah absolutely so guys that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast we will see you in next week's episode it's going to be a real good one we can tell you that for sure And remember, stay Stay sexy. sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.